0: Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. <laughs> Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ever. At ShumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. we were prohibited by loss. In terms and conditions, 18+. plus.
2: I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number.
0: Then they lift one over the top for Danny Innes. He's in the box. Oh, to his left. Good. Brilliant. Oh, to his left. He's, for Danny. He's done it again. <laughs> Here comes Warcraft.
3: I know what you're thinking. It's supposed to be our mid-winter break. Well, it's not for me and the Moscow Mish. We've got you back. This week, we will discuss Wednesday night's FA Cup replay against Tottenham and the heartbreak once more. And in the away end this week, we have returning guest Dan Barnes to help us prepare our revenge on Burnley. But first, the Moscow Mish, Kevin Milberton. Kevin, enjoying your winter break?
2: But no rest for the wicked, Michelle.
3: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, another one. How are you feeling anyway?
2: Oh right, yeah. I mean, we've I've, we're definitely put in the winter into winter break here. Uh, a bit of a snow flurry today, so it's looking a bit more wintry. So yeah, winter's just started in February. Brilliant.
3: And actually, speaking of the winter break, we had William yes William Porteous on <laughs> a few weeks back. Yeah, I know. Uh, he asked us when the winter break was, um, and we said, nah, it wasn't this season. <laughs> professional podcasters that we are, you know, got it wrong, so apologies, William, you're the man. Maybe we should uh, coin our slogan, ITN, supplying lies since
2: 2018. Yeah, that sounds good, it'd be like Fox (laughs) News. Um, In other news, um, I mean, I'm surprised uh, you haven't mentioned it yet, but um, turns out I was absolutely right, and... The Go steamers did win uh, with an overtime <laughs> quarter shootout slam dunk, if I understand correctly.
3: Yeah, well I don't care, have you got a spot on? Mm. How do you do it, Holmes?
2: <laughs> yes. It's yes, that and my score predictions I think I could make a living off being like a clairvoyant or something, you mm. know. Mm. This is ITN in that number news.
3: Okay, so ITN news. Let's start with the injury to James Ward Prowse. Um, Kev, we all feared the worst here, didn't we?
2: Yeah, absolutely fucking heartbreaking seeing him go off like that. And it was, you know, quite a horrific sight to see him in a stretcher. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I heard people saying on Twitter that they'd heard, overheard Shane Long saying, oh, you could see his fucking bones and yeah. everything or something. Yeah,
3: I watched the video, yeah.
2: Um, I've
3: actually seen a steal of it, and it does look pretty nasty. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, Ralph, Ralph was said it was like a cut, but it was more than a cut. It looked nasty. Yeah.
2: And ash. He looked like he was going to pass out at one point as yeah. well.
3: Yeah, it was horrible. Horrible to see like the um, oxygen and the stretcher, and of course you do yeah we we were all we were hearing those rumors that it was knee ligament damage um but Ralph has said that it wasn't as serious as we first thought, so you know massive massive sigh of relief. but yeah, I mean, we are recording like a day after it's Thursday night, so by the time this episode comes out, there will probably no doubt be more updated news on his progress. but for now, at the time of recording, we don't know anything of the fact you know of how long he's going to be away. But it just wasn't as bad as we first thought.
2: Well, yeah, I definitely hope that's true. But um, I don't think he'll be back um, quite as soon as we'd want him to, though.
3: No, no. Um, Next bit of news. Um, We we know how quick Shane Long is on the field. But do you realise how quick he is off of it? Because he was clocked doing 101 miles per hour on the M27. So that's six points slapped on his licence. And that was back in October. So, yeah, it's gone to court now. So...
2: Naughty, naughty. Shane, when you... Yeah, well, you said that Shane Long had been caught speeding. I thought you went in North London, but apparently not. No. D- down the M27, how the fuck do you manage that? Maybe late at night. Must have been There's at night, yeah. Every time trying I... Get, trying I think, to get away from Portland, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't blame him then, that's, that's the... Isn't that a valid defence in court? I was just trying to get away from Pompey as quick as fucking yeah, possible.
3: Yeah, that's why they took the tolls <laughs> off, the, off the Seven Bridge, didn't they? Because there was too many people just going, get me out of this country! One we missed last week, actually, on our transfer, because I think it just happened afterwards, didn't it? It was the Chelsea youngster, Jacob Maddox, has joined us on loan with an option to buy at the end of the season. So, I mean, what do we know about him? He's 21, he's an attacking midfielder. Spent the start of the season on loan at Tranmere, obviously been recalled, and he'll go straight into our under, under 23 setup. So, yeah. Watch him.
2: Yeah, it looks like they could do with a hand as well. They're not doing particularly well at the moment. But, yeah, I think um, there were rumours flying around that he was coming over, but uh, because the transfer window had shut, I sort of dimis- dismissed it, but I guess That's it, it yeah. does to um, under 23 players.
3: No, it does not. Mm. Um, other news, Kevin?
2: Well, I mean, I've got it in my notes that you sent me that Romeo's come out. Um, I didn't think he was gay. <laughs> I mean, I thought, it explains I was the like eye makeup and everything. But
3: <laughs> uh, the, if you read on, it does say he's come out.
2: Well, quash quashed exit rumours? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if we, it just shows how much we need him now that um is out, uh, and it's just Perfect. perfectly logical. He just a slot straight into that midfield.
3: I don't think he played very well yesterday. Um, A lot of lot of mistakes on the ball.
2: I think Hoyberg wasn't incredible either.
3: I think the problem is with with when Remeu plays with Hoyberg, they both kind of want to sit,
2: hmm.
3: which doesn't work. But when Ward Prowse plays with Hoyberg, then you know Ward Prowse can go off doing what he wants in every single direction. So it's okay to leave Hoyberg there, but when when Ward Prowse isn't playing, it's kind of like. Too, you know, they hold too much, and there's not enough freedom there. So yeah, I guess that's what we saw. But I wasn't overly impressed with Romeo yesterday. But, but yeah, as you say, he's staying on for foreseeable future. And as you say, we're going to need him with, with it without without Ward Prowse.
2: Definitely does the job, and yeah, I think probably see him here next season as well.
3: Yeah. Um. In other news, uh, Premier League related news on Thursday. The Premier League clubs have voted to change the summer transfer window, with it now closing on September the first, to be in line with the rest of Europe. (laughs) Oh, so now we want to side with Europe? I thought I thought that's the exact opposite of what we wanted. But you know, I mean, it was only changed two years ago uh, to the day before the top flight season began, and there was talk of it closing domestically and remain open for international deals to go through. But I think the general consensus is like, let, let's make it all aligned. It doesn't matter when it closes, as long as it's all the same. And there was a democratic solution to that. So maybe maybe Europe should move theirs forward now, out of spite, and say, "Hey, you want it out of Europe? You? you deal with
2: it." Yeah. But, um, um, yeah,
3: agree agree with this?
2: Yeah, I think it's the right decision. It's just way too confusing otherwise. Like all of the different transfer windows when they close, you know, mm. like that um, but you'd have to have deals done coming in, you know, and if we're like, we are with a sort of one-in-one-out policy that we can't buy much more than we can sell, then, you know, you want to know what the cloth is you've got to cut. So, yeah, I think it works out much better this way.
3: And, of course, if you you could get touted by these bigger clubs in Europe like Barcelona, Real Madrid and steal your players as the season's already started and you can't do anything to replace them so so yeah, I think as long as they're all aligned, it, it should be a fair fair way to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, last bit of news I want to want to touch on is um, another South Coast derby victory. Uh, this time for the women. They won 2-0 over them lot up the road to advance to the WNL Cup semi-finals. So yeah, well done ladies.
2: Excellent. Off to Wembley.
3: Hi, I'm Matt
0: LaCissiere, and thank you for listening to In That Number.
3: Okay, Kev, so we go on to the Spurs game, the, uh, the fourth-round FA Cup replay from Wednesday evening. An entertaining but ultimately disappointing 3-2 loss and the end of our FA Cup journey for another season. We went into the game safe in the knowledge that our away form has been great recently, especially in the Cup. You know, the last you know 11 away games, we've lost just once in the Cup. Uh, this, that was to Sunderland in, in February 2014. So yeah, good record in the cup away from home. Hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, a Jack fucking Stevens own goal opened the scoring for Spurs before Shane Long slotted the equaliser away. Danny Ings gave us well, a deserved lead before, before the heartbreak ensued. I guess Lucas Mora with the leveler and then a contentious penalty from from Sun we'll, we'll get to that but first Kev I'll um, I'll go through the starting 11 with you uh Gunn Ward-Prowse once again at right back Jack Stevens, Bednarik Bertrand Bufau Romelu Hoiberg Redmond Ings and Long so the two changes from that Liverpool game Gunn replaces McCarthy Bufau replaces Gineppo uh, and just to note also that Gineppo Fatima at the bench and you Kev um you pointed out how disappointed you were with him during that Liverpool game,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, whether Ralph wanted to give him an extra rest or it was like performance-related, we'll never know. But and, and also, Armstrong comes back. That was nice to see him back so quickly. But yeah, what did you think of it, Kev?
2: Um, more or less, as we predicted, I said the only difference is that instead of having over-femme innings like we did um, in the home leg, he's gone for long innings. So he thinks that's probably the pairing that works best for um, yeah, Boo and Library Gen yeah, obviously approve of that decision. And yeah, Gunners like cut deeper keeping ward browser right back. Yeah, I think Yeah, he's obviously taking it very, very seriously.
3: Yeah, that's nice to see. Um and I'll go pick that bench as well. So Lewis, Vestergaard, Adams, Armstrong, Oberfemi, Smallbone, Bokings and as I said, no Genapo. Um okay, so let's let's discuss the action and very very pleased at the start.
2: Yeah, it was very strong. I thought it was going sort of back and forth the first, you know, five or ten minutes to try and establish who was the stronger team. But I think you know we came out looking like um, a much much uh, stronger side than Spurs. Um, yeah, Redmond had a couple of. Sh- he had a shot um, well, just before they scored, didn't he? But yeah. He probably should have put it away. And yeah, Redmond puts a nice little pass through to Wings, who sends it straight to Hugo Lloris. But yeah, definitely we were testing them, and yeah, that own goal just went completely against the run of play. I
3: was just about to ask you that actually. Yeah, do you think it was against the run of play? Because it was, yeah. I thought, desperately unlucky. Jack Stevens does well to block the initial shot, and then he kind of yeah. gets up, um, and it falls right to um. And Dombele. And Dombele, yeah. And uh, just straight off of Stevens, Really, really unlucky.
2: But yeah. It, it was you know, going wide any, anyway. It and it was, yeah. or, like off of both of his legs. So it's only mm. once it hits his left leg that uh, it sort of pings into the... Um, yeah, and Gun doesn't, obviously... It's
3: yeah, you can't you can't blame Stevens yeah. or Gunn for that, I don't think. But w- what was pleasing about it, Kevin, was that we didn't let our heads drop. No. You know, it was a very very good response, and that's what I love about this team. You know, and the fans are responding to that as well. It's like the, the passing and the movement was exceptional at times as well, and we were still creating chances. It's so, it's so nice to see, and it's so good when your team plays like that because you always feel that you can get back into it.
2: Yeah, move aside Barcelona. No, we we, we were definitely. <laughs> um, I mean that that shot. Just Few minutes afterwards, um, where Ings hits the bar, so unlucky, mm. and passes, um cross there it was just line
3: Yeah, when when Ings hits the bar from that from that angle that you were talking about, what 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 was Lloris doing there? Why didn't he come out? No, just yeah. Let's Let do it. it. Yeah, maybe he knew something, but yeah, <laughs> um, and, then, and then and then the pressure, you know, it was too much for Spurs, I think, because we just had, as I say, we had a lot of the ball. Um. Passing it a lot. I mean, you see that the stats popped up at one point. I was watching it on BT Sport, and it showed you how many how many passes we'd had in their half, and it was incredible. So it was just just goes to show how well we were playing. And then uh, the Redmond shot falls straight at the feet of Shane Long, and not even he can miss that one. Um, no, thoroughly yeah, deserved equaliser. Some lo- lovely build up.
2: Yeah, as you said, oh, you you sort of texted me uh, just afterwards saying that. um Steve McManaman was saying, I'll Be Bear, or Hoiberg loves getting the ball forward. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who started it all off. I know um, it's
3: difficult, isn't <laughs> it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buffal brilliant control that Redmond gets the shot off. Richard shaves, Laurie's parries it right into the path of Shane Long, and you're expecting it to send it into the third tier, but um, no, just just slots it straight in. What cool, easy finish! Now, well done."
3: Uh, but, like, but even even at one down we, we were in contact as you say And I, I said to you that I didn't feel worried I said because you know
2: mm-hmm. Our
3: response always seems to, to amount to something these days Which, which is nice um, And then you know let, Let's talk about the injuries to James Ward-Prowse um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I suppose we touched on it in the news But it did look nasty And we, 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 as they, we were texting back and forth and We both thought there was something serious there um, Ings consoled him Long screaming for the medic in, in his own words I guess <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> oxygen, stretcher, you know, long recovery. And I think we both said at one point that's the season ender. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's good to see that it's not... Well, it, it, I mean, it shouldn't be.
2: Scans and reports and stuff will be coming through over the next few days, yeah, except so we'll find out. But yeah, I mean, that, that sort of put a downer on a very good first half because um, our six-foot-seven Danish <laughs> calamity, Comes on, and you're thinking, oh fuck, you know. I mean, Ward Prowse is already emergency right back. I know. That leaves either bednar or Jack bucking Stevens to slip in and um, take his role whilst Vesterguards a half of a defensive player. Um,
3: <laughs> doesn't yeah.
2: really fill you with uh, enthusiasm or optimism, does it?
3: No, and like you said, it was like it really put a downer on it because not only was I thinking about the health of, of Prousty, but as you said, it was going to leave our position in this current game and our right back. It seems to be cursed at the moment, and we've we've got we've got less choices than a Welsh fish and chip shop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. um, and we're weak enough as it is down that right hand side, and I think that you know eventually became our downfall. But um, yeah, I was just a bit disappointed. I mean, obviously, um, was more thinking about Prowse uh, at the end of that first half. But we, we should have been more than we should have more than a goal. We should have been ahead at that point and not one at yeah. the break.
3: Could have easily been two or three one at the break. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had we just have to take those chances.
2: They had one shot on goal to our five at half time.
3: Yeah, and funny enough, it wasn't even their goal that was on target. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> it was that, that was true. going
3: wide. So. <laughs> That's what I mean. It it just seems like we were full of hope still, Mm. and into the second half as well. I mean, Jose had seen enough after six minutes that he made a change. Mm. And that that still didn't hold us. And you know, Bufal missed a sitter soon after. I don't know how he quite failed to get that one on target. That was every time I look at that Bufal chance on on replay, I just think it should have been the target. It just seems more and more of a sitter.
2: And, yeah, wasn't the Hoyberg up there at the far uh, post as well? He was, yeah, and he was dreaming for it. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So, yeah. He probably would have touched it there and passed it backwards anyway, so. Oh, yeah,
2: well, sent it into our net, was not
3: <laughs> <laughs> Um And there was a moment when Vestergaard had a free header as well, completely unmarked. I no. guess I guess Jose did his homework on him and thought, there's no need to mark him, he's just a decoy.
2: Yeah, that was from a, um, a corner. Bertrand's, um, it's yeah, looking alright on the corner, to be honest.
3: Well, he's going to need to be because we've got no James Yeah, He's going
2: to get enough fucking practice, isn't he?
3: That's it. Yes, it. Um, and then the goal, the second goal. Glorious, glorious goal. Redmond run was, oh, it was just brilliant. It was just yeah. a nice counter. And it, Ings had so much to do when he touched the ball as well. Okay, we broke you know, pretty quickly. But when Ings touched it, it was like, okay still got a lot still got a lot to do hmm. but he stayed composed he ran he one thing on his mind Kev. just one thing I'm going to score and he did
2: yeah so, I, mean, goal. I mean he's, he's been in, in unbelievable form this season but it's been a while since he scored like, looking back but yeah that goal was you know it was almost Ings-esque just you know? <laughs> <It> reminds me <laughs> of his um, new year goal um, the way he takes it around Tanganga it's wonderful
0: yeah, he
3: loves
2: um, goal against Spurs, not uh, Yeah, Redmond, just just incredible. He takes it from the edge of our, our area. And just run the whole length of the pitch. Fucking incredible.
3: Not not enough was made of that, I don't think. But hey ho. Um and then of course oh, Mora gets the equalizer. There's yeah. the guard. Not yeah. good enough, mate. He's just it was just too easy. He just didn't put up a fight. What was Fucking he doing?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a one-two telling Moore they're just get being given a free reign to do whatever the fuck they want. The amount of space that was in front of Mora when he gets the ball. And, uh, yeah, Vestigar sort of realises it's too late, makes a uh, position in this shite to start off with, and then just has a crappy little stab at uh, and then just gives up and watches him score. I mean, mm. uh, I mean, it's a good goal, to be fair, but, Yeah.
3: Good finish, yeah.
2: Good finish, but we just shouldn't be giving them okay, so much yeah. reason.
3: I know, it may be at the end of the game, Ralph was in contact with Brendan Rogers and said, look, OK, £10 million for him now? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I do I'll it's give like, you a five. No, you're, yeah, you're all right, mate.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll take that at the moment, to be fair. Um, and then, of course, the, the Sun goal that killed us. Now, earlier in the game, we had a penalty decision go against us when Bertrand burst into the box... Lloris doesn't touch him doesn't touch him and, and correctly it's no penalty right no problem mm-hmm. with that but what's the difference between the gun one on, on Sun because I mean if the Rev if the ref give, gives a penalty surely VAR needs to step in and say hang on a minute there's no contact there yeah the point of VAR what was it doing I cannot believe that that was given I mean at the time I watched it in, in real time and I thought oh shit Right, that's a penalty because it, it just happened so quickly
2: I wasn't so sure I was waiting for the replay I was like oh god, that look sort of touch and go but when I watched the replays last night um, yeah during the match it looks like he sort of heals the ball like he, he plays, plays the ball doesn't, um, doesn't touch him
3: yeah it's, it's, it's a crappy decision
2: I mean but watching it today um, I mean the highlights the BBC puts out it doesn't give you many angles or anything, but, um, yeah, you don't get many angles or anything, but um, it doesn't look like he plays the ball in that replay, so I don't know, maybe they're seeing more than we are. Wait, but so you're you, saying it was a penalty? I'm I'm saying that um, I, I, was, I felt a really deep sense of injustice last night, but looking at that has made me think, well, you know, maybe there is something to it, but it's so, so tight.
3: I think he's gone down. I think he's going down before guns come out. He's made his mind up. I I don't think that's a penalty at all. And I I don't even think that's me being bitter because I accepted that defeat as soon as it happened. And I was like, yeah, lost again. But I was... I don't want to say, oh, we lost because of that bad decision. Well, we did in in effect. But because we played so well and we didn't deserve to lose like that. And I, I mean, I had to watch the replay back and then I thought, he's not touched him. There is no contact. No, he's gone down way too easy, and I don't even think VAR has even looked at it. I think they've just gone, yeah, we'll just go with the ref. Why not? Yeah, it just. Hurt.
2: <sighs> yeah, I think. Do you, what do you think if it did go to um to extra time? What do you think the result would have been? Because I thought we looked pretty knackered at that
3: point. You say that, but then Spurs look knackered in the middle of the second half. Even the commentators... is. Um, I mean it was Steve McLaren but sorry, Steve McManaman. <laughs> Steve McLaren I just wanted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it was Steve McManaman but he even he said that, you know, that those their exploits against City may have, you know, hindered them a little bit because they looked completely shagged. Well you never said it in those words, but and then they seem to get a second win, so I don't know. I mean I mean it was to say that Saints would have gone into extra time and got punished and probably would have let in three or four goals then, but I don't know. It's just it, to have the match taken away from you like that when, when we didn't deserve it to. I'm just, I'm just upset about that, to be honest, because, you know, at the end of the day, it was a really, really good performance, and we should be proud of them for it. But we don't, I don't want to look back at it and think, oh, we lost because, because because of VAR. I want it, I want it to go back and say we lost because we, you know, we lost to a better team. But even Jose said that we were the better yeah. team, and that was nice of him to say. But yeah, I just feel it just hurt, by it, and I just don't think that VAR did enough there.
2: No, mm, we've seen this before. I mean, it's not solving it's not taking away any you know, of the arguments and they're still kind of there yeah
3: and, you know, okay, so it finished 3-2 our journey ends as I said it's a Mickey Mouse competition anyway you don't want to fucking be in it yeah um, bollocks. yeah bother yeah, <laughs> like, I know, just concentrate in the league <laughs> <Never> <laughs> there's, it
2: there's anyway. no magic
3: there's no magic in that cup anymore uh,
2: Kevin man of the match Reifens that was out he was just yeah unbelievable electric I think when, he, when he's on form it's just a joy to watch and yeah, build up in um, up, up to that uh, second goal, mm. just, just fucking magic,
3: orgasmic. Yes, mm. um, I'm glad you said that because I've got I've got I think it has to has to be between Ings and Redmond, uh, both with their usual selves, you know. And like you said, Redmond when he's on form, he's he's great to watch. When he's given that more free role, license to roam a little bit more, he's so difficult to play against. And you know, we create those chances with them too. Everything comes for him, and Ings is usually, you know, there to finish it off. As was the case for both of our goals. Obviously, Ings didn't finish the first one off, but you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so I give it to Redmond. His, his contributions are so essential to our success. Um, and I don't know why he didn't get the official man of the match, to be honest. I give it to Sun, didn't I? Well, that's because it was Steve McManaman. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, as I said, really, really proud. Um, it's seldom, as a Saints fan, that I'm, you know, impressed when, when losing... But we still, you know, had to lord their play at present. We went to Spurs thinking that we could win as well, and mm-hmm. even going down, we turned the game around and we should have won, I think. Um,
2: and I think there must be a convention that um, you can only really give and the match to the winning team because I think um, I was watching yeah. the same BT Sports um, broadcast as you because um even said, "Well, I was going to give it to Nathan Redmond until about you know a few minutes ago, but I'll ask give it the sum."
3: Yeah. Yeah, maybe they ha- maybe they're all t- are told to give it to the uh, the player from the winning team. Mm. Very very unfair, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think we should have won the game. We we, we, we scored, uh, they scored a goal that we assisted massively, and the penalty they shouldn't have. But on the flip side, you know, we, if we had taken our chances at one-one, we'd be playing Norwich in round five. So it is difficult to take.
0: Um, yeah, or
2: not gifted them a fucking second yeah. goal like that, you know. And uh, I think and, you like, if Prousty had still been there, then I, I, you know I doubt. That, that would have happened.
0: Possibly not, no. I think
2: Bednarik and Stevens are better with communicating with each other than Yannick Bestergaard and, well,
3: anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's really, really good, Kev, is that I can go on Twitter after a game and feel happy. Because the fans are responding after losses. OK, they, they, they do still slag off the players that are at fault sometimes. But, you know, mm. the praise is... Are coming in from a uh, from a performance point of view, and it it makes me proud to be a Saints fan. Um, And the only thing I'd say of Ralph in these situations, well, I guess you know, no Saints manager in recent memory has ever got this right. But we need to learn how to close out games that we're in control of. If we can if we can sort that out, then I think we'll be you know we we could be a force next season if we can sort things out like that.
2: Yeah, we have shown at times that that same old Saints is a you know a bit behind us. But when we're playing bigger teams like like Spurs, we should be able to do it. And we've come from one behind to, to go two one up, and it should, exactly. that should be it. We should just be cruising by them. But yeah, same defensive areas.
3: Yeah. Stats, um, Kevin.
2: Yeah. So I mean, um, at the break, we had sixty three percent possession. That's
3: incredible, um, isn't
2: it? <laughs> Went home against one of the big six. Yeah, it, it just looked like they didn't really you know, want it. Um, eight shots we had, five on target, to like I said, yeah, um, they had two shots, one on target, and that wasn't even the goal, <laughs> At you rightly pointed out. Um, but yeah, they did match uh, was seven of our 15 shots on target to their um, three off of nine shots. But yeah, he shot something like one, three, two. I'm not and six corners to our five.
3: Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. In the away end this week, it's our pleasure to welcome back Burnley fan Dan Barnes. Dan, welcome back to In that number. How's things been going since last time?
1: Hey guys, thanks for having me on again. Um, nice. it's it's been pretty much an up and down journey. I mean, there was there was one point where I thought we might be pushing for Europe, and then. Yeah, things got very badly very quickly, <laughs> but I think we seem to be going in the, the right
2: direction again now.
3: As are we, hopefully.
2: No, we've had a roller coaster of a season so far as well.
3: Dan, let's, let's chat Burnley then. Um, last time was back in August at Turf Moor on the opening day. <laughs> a comprehensive 3-0 victory. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think many Burnley fans could have predicted that score, am I right?
1: Yeah it was a, a very interesting way to start the season, I think to be fair it probably wasn't a 3-0 game at all, um, I think I think we could have easily been losing at half time and then I think once the first goal went in, Southampton start, started to uh, maybe crumble a little bit and then from then on obviously it, it just kind of went on from there.
3: Oh yeah that was horrible feeling that wasn't it Kev because we started the, the season with so much promise we we brought in Shay Adams and the the pre-season went really well for him especially and we were all full of like you know Ralph's got his, this the summer ahead of him got his, gets his own players in we're going to be fine you know we're going to be we're going to be pushing for a europe spot and then we go to Telford more and get battered 3-0 so it was just just an awful awful way to start the season
2: yeah, it was definitely a shock to the system. But it was just like 10 minutes of madness, really, wasn't it? Just a, a quick flurry. It was pretty much a dull game up until that point.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as you say, you've, you've been on a bit of a roller coaster season. It's been up and down. But what's the current mood around the club like at the moment? Because like current forms, there's like, when you, well, you've lost to Villa... Lost to Chelsea, back-to-back wins against Leicester, an amazing 2 0 victory at Old Trafford, and then a draw with Arsenal. I think it's fair to say that you've got something, you know, good, something good going at the moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think if you exclude the uh, the FA Cup, the last three games have been absolutely massive for us. You know, after that Villa loss, I mean, things were looking pretty bleak. It was it was the game we needed to win, uh, and after that, we were kind of wondering where the next point was going to come from. Um, but I think it's the typical Burnley way to the, to lose a game like that and then, as you said, to go and get wins against Leicester and Man United. Um, and a good performance uh, last time out as well against Arsenal could have easily won that game.
3: Well, you, um, everyone seemed to be happy with um, Sean Dyches, though.
1: Well, yeah, I think I think there was probably, for the, the first time I've, I've heard, um, I guess, a significant uh, portion of the fan base Calling for Dage to go when we were in that kind of run, uh, but I think I think that is very harsh to be honest because he just he doesn't get the uh, the backing the financial support that he would at other clubs and I understand that you know the the, the board the uh, it, it's not a, a, I mean if they had those funds they, they would give them but it's uh, it is tough to compete even even though we've been in the Premier League for a few years I think we're still still struggling to kind of kind of compete with the sides around us in that aspect.
2: Yeah, I mean, w- w- I mean were, were there calls for Sean Dyke's heads? Because you're in a pretty bad place around Christmas. The,
1: the, the half-time of the Villa game was the first time i have heard uh, booze in probably all of Sean Dyches' tenure, really. Um, but it, I, I, I don't want to make it out like it was a, a majority of fans because I think, I think most were still fully behind him. Um, and realised, you know, the the job he's done in in getting us to where we are now.
3: Talk uh, January transfer window with you. You only bought in not the one player. Josh Brownhill came in. Nucky Wales went out. Um, were you happy with that window?
1: I was, but I think I think it's probably because I have very low expectations in the sense that uh, it's it's usually a very quiet time for us. I mean, last season, we uh, we got rid of one of our best strikers uh, and replaced him with Peter Crouch, so that was an interesting one. <laughs> um, but is yeah, it, think Is
3: it very much a case of one-in-one-out with you?
1: Um, potentially. I mean, I think the board were actually very smart with the way they handled this business because they recalled Wells from QPR. Um, he was doing quite well there. Getting, I think he was on 13 goals this season. Uh, and they knew that Bristol City were interested, so when... I think it was West Ham came in for Brownhill. They were able to kind of uh, use Wells as a bit of leverage and get the deal over the line. So I think I think that was quite a smart business, really.
3: Are you happy with Brownhill?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we definitely needed another midfield option after the the, the Danny Drinkwater situation. Mm. Um, that was, I mean, when we signed him, I was I was very optimistic. I
3: remember, I remember you saying that at the start of the season. Yeah,
1: it's. It's not gone to plan at all. Hasn't gone to plan um, for him, has it, really? Is yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you saw the the, uh, the nightclub incident. And yeah. then, you know, even then when he did get back to fitness, he never really got in... He, I mean, he was never able to force his way into the team. Um, but, yeah, Brownhill, I mean, he's a young player, which is something that we we do really need. Uh, and I think he is going to be a good fit for the club. He seems to, to have a good character... Um, you know, looking at his interviews and uh, I mean, being captain at Bristol at 24 years old, you know, he's obviously got something about him. And I think also he's going to add more goals from midfield, which is again something we we are uh, looking for. He's got a very good long shot on him, uh, so I think yeah, hopefully it can be a long-term success.
2: Um, how are you in terms of injuries? Is your squad still as fit as, as you this hoping it would be?
1: Well, we had a very bad spell of injuries, uh kind of in the middle of our, our losing run, but we're we're okay now. I mean the big one is Ashley Barnes who had to have the uh, hernia surgery. Uh, but in his absence Jay Rodriguez has really stepped up. Um so I think we're okay on that front. Um and otherwise it's it's probably only good Munston, really, who is also someone who could be starting that that isn't uh, fit at the minute.
3: We spoke to you at the start of the season, obviously, and we, we, we assessed the goals of, of Burnley. Um, have they changed at all? Because like, with the position that you're in right now, what, where do you see yourself at the end of the season and where, where do you hope to be?
1: Uh, I think, without sounding too negative, I'll always be happy with 17th, you know, just to be <laughs> to be in the Premier League with, with all this... Uh, With all the TV money that comes in, and you know, it's it's, it's just a great time for a a, a town club like Burnley to be up there. But I think there are other sections of the the fan base who would think, no, you know, we've been in the league now for a few years; we should be pushing towards that top half. It's
3: difficult though, isn't it, with no money?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it is very tough to strike that balance, and I think that is something that Dai just spoke about in the past.
3: Do you know what? I don't think you, you, we talked a little bit about Dyche's head, but I, I honestly think that there's no manager that could do better with the team that, they, that they've got right now. I think he's definitely the right man for the job. I'm
1: yeah, surprised. That no,
3: no, no, no disrespect. I'm surprised. No bigger clubs have, have come in for him, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think I think the only thing that really holds him back is that you know the the, the style of football isn't always attractive um, to say the least, <laughs> but. Um, but no, he's, he's done an absolutely amazing job. Um, and I think what is what is interesting is there's been a couple of times now in recent years where it's been looking very bleak, uh, looking like we're heading back to the championship. Um, and I think it's very rare now for a manager to turn it round like that. Uh, obviously, it happened with you guys. Um, and I think I think it is good to see to see those managers getting the backing um, because it isn't something that happens very often now in the Premier League.
2: Well, especially going down and then having the same manager take you up—I can't think of any other club that's happened. With. Yeah, I think that was that was when we knew that you know the guy
1: was really a, a, a brilliant manager for us because not only to get us up there, but then to to you know lose a lot of the players and, and just completely turn it around and and to bring us back into the Premier League—I think that really takes something there,
2: some some special character and you know that resilience. Mm. And trust from the know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that would happen with us
3: I certainly wouldn't, no <laughs> Yeah, anyway, on to the game What what kind of game can we expect this time round? Because it appears at the moment, looking at the league table Anyway, that we're quite evenly matched I think they both won 9, drawn 4 and lost 12
1: Well yeah, I think the main thing to note Is that both teams will be playing with confidence You know, we're both I mean, we're both pretty much on good runs of form um and I'm hoping that it'll be an entertaining game. I would definitely be happy with the point because you know it it's obviously it's going to be a tough place to go now with the the way you've been able to turn your season around
3: yeah, I think our away form is 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 much better than, than the home form, but we certainly do need to start winning these games at home and start taking it taking it to these teams but but yeah, hopefully it'll be an interesting game Anyway, I just hope it's not so cagey And not wanting to make a mistake
2: Yeah, um, I think six weeks ago This would have been a relegation six-pointer And um, those kind of games that we've had at home um, in, in the winter so far Have been pretty successful for us but, um, Is there any weakness you think that Saints could exploit? I think it's not as such something that you could exploit
1: but maybe something that you'll notice we we usually play Jeff Hendrick on the right wing um, and he's he's great as Jeff because he I mean he, he doesn't, he's not a natural winger, uh, he gets put in that difficult situation but he does he does give it his all and he is a very reliable player um, but having said that I think you'll see the majority of our attacks coming from the left we've got McNeil who's probably our best player and we've got Charlie Taylor Who's in great form now as well So I think you will see us Kind of rely um, On that on that left flank More than More than
2: the average team would
3: yeah, Especially because We've got no right backs At the moment as well So I definitely think You're going to be Attacking that uh, Yeah that yeah
2: Going to be a weak side mm. Probably be up against the New boy Kyle Walker-Peters And um, Or oh, it might Bo- be
3: It might be Yannick Vestergaard out there Who knows It could even be Angus Gunn I don't know
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or Kevin Dance So You know Yeah um, done that before has not he but yeah I mean that combination of um, one of their men's probably Safian Yeah, that, that is our weakest part.
3: Um, Is there anyone from Saints that you're particularly worried about?
1: Well I
2: think it
1: has to be Danny Ings I mean really? we talked last time about you know how, how great a player he was for Burnley and uh, he's still hugely popular among the Burnley fans He's popular um,
3: everywhere isn't he he was still yeah. um, Saints and Liverpool how, how he was really really chummy still with everybody and yeah, he just seems to be popular wherever he goes.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's been brilliant to see him back in the goals, and uh, I think he really does deserve to be, you know, in that in that Euro squad at the uh, at the end of the season. I do too. I, do I don't know. want to see him going. <laughs> Possibly not.
3: Possibly not. Um, can we get a score prediction from you?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go one apiece. I think there will probably be goals from both sides, um, and like I said. It, it, it would absolutely be a good result for us to get to get a draw from that game, you know, given the uh, the the way you've been playing over the last couple of months.
3: Okay, um, I'm going to go one nil to Saints. Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a really really inc- incredibly close game. I think you're going to set up well as you always do. It's going to be tight, be hard to break down. I mm. mean, I think if, had this been away, then I'd say it would be Burnley to win one nil. But I think we'll be the busier team. And I think we'll just prevail and hang on.
2: I think it is really tough to call. Um, we have been on very good form, but saying that we've shipped seven goals in the last two matches <laughs> that we've played. Yeah, but um, it, was, it was
3: Liverpool and Spurs.
2: So. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and they were really positive performances as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the sad thing about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, with those injuries as well and that weakness there, and. We're up against a team that um, doesn't play the way we like teams to play against us. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to side with Dan here and say it's going to be a, 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 a one-all draw.
3: OK, OK, nice. Um, Dan, I think we asked you this back in August, and I, I, I can't quite remember. I, I should have listened back to it, really, but I'm pretty sure you said um, James Ward-Prowse. But if you could take one Saints player to have in your current setup now, who are you taking?
1: Yeah, I think now it has to be. Ings. I mean, like we said, it's just it's so good to be uh, to, to see him, you know, just playing it at, at the uh, uh, the ability that we know he's capable of. I mean, he was he was so um, he was on course to do really good things when he when he left us and got that move to Liverpool, and uh, the injuries obviously really held him back. But it's great enough to see to see him get that second shot at it and uh, and taking it with both hands.
3: OK, I think that's about it. But actually, Dan, before you go, um, Kev, you can be involved in this as well. I've got a little game for you guys. Oh, Christ. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's, it's more of a guessing game. Um, okay. So, uh, I'm, I'm trialling this. I'm going to see how it goes. What we're going to do is we're going to pick a Burnley player against a Saints player, and you guys have to figure out who's got more followers on Twitter.
2: <laughs> oh, right, so I'm more, I'm more, I thought you were going to get me to do a, um, a Lancashire accent this time <laughs> You can
3: do a Lancashire accent if you want Ah, uh, no, thanks <laughs> okay, um, Right, Okay, the first one, we are going to go Jack Cork, old boy, versus Oriol mm-hmm. Romayu Dan, who's got more Twitter followers? Jack Cork or Oriel Romeu? Uh,
2: I think I'll go with Romayu And Kev? I'm going go Jack Cork
3: It is Jack Cork
2: Oh, wow.
3: has 64.8 <laughs> thousand and Romeo has 33.2. It's quite a long way off. Um, second one, I'm going to go Jay Rodriguez versus James Ward Proust. Dan? Uh, I'll
2: go Jay Rodriguez. Kev? Okay. Uh, um, Prowsey.
3: No, it's Jay Rodriguez. <laughs> okay. 87.4 versus 85. So pretty nice. Oh, that's close. Mm. Mm. Uh, and James Tarkovsky versus Alex McCarthy. Tarkovsky. You're going Tarkovsky.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll go Tarkovsky as well.
3: It's Alex McCarthy. Thirty-five point one thousand against 22.2. Okay, right, this might be a little bit easier. Kevin Long versus Shane Long. <laughs>
2: uh, Shane Long, definitely. Yeah, definitely Shane.
3: Yeah, that's why, that one's not even close. I just did it because of the name. But yeah, 150,000 to up to 11,000. <laughs> um, okay, this is, a, this is a tricky one. Think hard. Aaron Lennon versus Maya Yoshida.
1: I think we've got to go Aaron Lennon.
3: Okay, uh, y- Yoshi. It's Aaron Lennon.
1: <laughs> no.
2: Six hundred
3: and forty thousand against five
2: hundred and seventy-four. Ooh, again, that's very close. But yeah, Yoshi's a superstar in Japan.
3: Yeah, but just just over half a million, but not enough for Aaron Lennon. Uh, okay, and the last one, Burnley versus Southampton.
1: <laughs> Probably Southampton.
3: Yeah. Southampton. Okay, yeah. The answer is Southampton. Burnley four hundred and sixty-four against one point one million for Saints. So yeah.
2: Yeah, you yeah, should, should, should do this more often.
3: Yeah, I don't know. There might be a little bit. I mean, the, the Kevin Long versus Shane Long one was a bit.
2: That's for fun. I no, like it. I like it.
3: But yeah, the player, the players actually. Uh, Burnley one three two. So.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Who's Burnley. got more followers on Twitter, Southampton or Manchester United?
3: Hmm. <laughs> oh, I know the answer. Uh Dan, yeah, thanks thanks again for coming on. We'll have to do it again next season if you're up for it.
2: I probably yeah, definitely
3: yeah. Now he mumbles under his breath, not again, not again.
0: <laughs>
3: but yeah, no, we'd we'll definitely have to have you on and I promise I won't do any more t- uh, Twitter stats for you. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again, Dan, for coming on.
2: Thanks, guys. And, uh, good luck for the rest of the season. You too, guys. Cheers, Dan. Up the Saints. Up
3: the Saints. <laughs> Welcome back to the Extra Time segment. OK, so we'll go with predictions, as usual. So the Spurs game, I went 2-1 Spurs, you went 1-0 Spurs. So both correctly predicted the victor, but obviously not the right score. But making the scores now, 51-39 to the Moscow mush Broke the 50, Kev, well done. Wow. Um, um, Super 6... Super 6. There's no Super 6 this week, actually, but from time of recording, round 40 hasn't happened yet, so no Super 6 to report. No fantasy football to report this week either, do we?
2: Um, I don't think it's worth it, to be honest.
3: No. No, it's not. Uh, But I do have a game for you, seeing as we don't have Super 6 and fantasy football. Oh, we've
2: done your game.
3: I know. It's an extension from this game, actually. (laughs) Um... And I think we should come up with a name for it, like, instead of who's got more Twitter followers. <laughs> um, I don't know. That, that's, that's something that you could do.
2: Oh, how about in Twit number, eh?
3: <laughs> OK, right. Instead of players, I've gone for teams. Now, I've pitted the 20 Premier League teams against each other. And I want you to tell me who has more mm. followers. We are going to start in North London. Arsenal versus Spurs. Who's got more Twitter followers. Arsenal.
2: Awesome.
3: Yep, Arsenal. 15.5 million. And Spurs has... 10? 4.1. So
2: oh, wow. Okay. Yeah,
3: not, not even close to that one. OK, Manchester City versus Chelsea. Ooh, no that's cheating. A tough one. Mm, oh,
2: I mean, they're both quite, uh, quite big teams internationally. Just, just so you know, Kev, them.
3: they're all quite tough. Apart from that Spurs-Arsenal one, which was obvious, I thought. These ones are really quite tough.
2: Uh, Chelsea.
3: Yes, Man City has 7.6, Chelsea 13.9. Okay. Okay. Uh, Liverpool versus Manchester United. Uh, United. Liverpool has 13.6. Manchester United has 21. So yeah, well. Mm. Uh, Leicester, Everton.
2: Probably go with Everton.
3: Leicester has 1.5. Everton has two million. Mm. Yeah, you've got them all right so far I thought it was going to be a little bit harder Okay, uh, Sheffield United against Burnley
2: See, Sheffield's a split city Um, Probably Burnley
3: Sheffield United has 311,000 Burnley has four hundred and sixty-four. So you're right again Okay, uh, next one Aston Villa, West Ham Gee,
2: they're both quite big clubs, aren't they? -hmm. Um, Probably Villa
3: Oh, it's wrong! It's your first one you got wrong. Aston Villa has 1.3, West Ham has 1.6 million. Ooh,
2: nice.
3: uh, Watford against Norwich.
2: I'm uh, not Norwich. Really? Yeah, I, thought, uh, I mean it's quite—it's a fairly small town, but they've got sort of geographically quite a big funding, haven't they?
3: And Norwich is the city, mate.
2: Ah, yeah, of course, it's got a cathedral and everything.
3: And it's called Norwich City Football Club, so yeah, bit of a giveaway.
2: Who <laughs> <laughs> is in the title? <laughs>
3: Uh, but you are right. It is Norwich. So that one took me by surprise, actually. But yeah, it was. Um, Watford has six hundred and seventy-two point six thousand, and Norwich six hundred and ninety point four. So yeah, pretty close one again. Uh, Newcastle against Saints. Newcastle. Saints has one point one. Newcastle has one point five. So yeah, uh. that's another good one. Uh, Brighton against Bournemouth.
2: Brighton easily.
3: Bournemouth easily, I'm afraid.
2: Really? Yeah,
3: 270,000 plays 506. Not even close, Kev. What?
2: God, okay. Well, that's a revelation. Sorry, Jeffs (laughs) fans. I don't know why Um, you're listening to a Saints podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs)
3: Um, And the last one, Crystal Palace against Wolves.
2: Ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to say... See, I've been hearing a lot from Crystal Palace fans that come out of the woodwork when... Prousty was stretched off mm. Bastards uh, But um, Yeah I think I think they're a vocal minority I'm going to Wolves
3: It's Palace
2: Ah okay. Wolves has
3: 559 And Palace is 939 So eight. yeah Would you mm. get 7 right 3 wrong
2: Probably I wasn't really counting To be honest
3: <laughs> Well you got The West Ham Villa one wrong You got the Brighton Bournemouth one wrong And you got the Palace Wolves one wrong Okay So yeah that was a good effort. You started really well, and then it kind of fell apart. A bit like Saints.
2: Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was four heads, and I fucked it up. <laughs>
3: um, okay. Uh, Russian phrase this week?
2: Yes. Okay. So, I was just thinking, because it's it's coming up to um, Pancake Day, fairly soon, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I'll take your word about right. the like pancakes. pancakes.
2: Well, there's a phrase in Russian that says, like, the first pancake uh, comes out lumpy. In in other words, sort of, um, yeah, jeez, how do I even explain it? Like, yeah, first try doesn't really work out. Maybe sort of second or third time lucky. Um, So, yeah, that would be, uh, the Russian for pancake is blin. Blin. Blin, yeah. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the Russian for first, and that's pervy.
3: Pervy?
2: Yeah, pervy. Pervy. So, pervy, kormen. (laughs) Pervy Blinkorman. Pervy But then I realised that um, this isn't Ralph's first um, try in the cup, is it? Because he was already there when we lost against uh, Derby last season, wasn't he? Mm. So that would mean that we'd have to say it's uh, the second pancake is still lumpy. <laughs> so. <laughs>
3: that's an incredibly difficult sound to make. That's an incredibly
2: F-da. Yeah.
3: Faroy. Fitaroi. Fitaroi?
2: Yeah. 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 You're lucky you're not um, not Roy Hodgson. It would have an even more difficult time <laughs> <laughs> trying F-ta-roy to pronounce Roy it. Roy
3: Blin Corman.
2: <laughs> Faroy Blin Corman.
3: Warhammer. <laughs> well, Warhammer <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, I think that is it this week. Um, That's it. Um, we are back on 16th of February for our Burnley review and our Aston Villa preview and those all-important Kyle Walker-Peters songs. So, listen out for that one. <laughs>
2: yeah. We've got uh, ten days to, to rest ourselves to <laughs> uh warm weather training or whatever it is.
3: Yep. Warm up those vocal cords.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> right, okay. Until next... Time up the Saints. Up, up
0: the Saints. social, podcast network.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty.